Welcome to That's Debatable. I'm Clint. I'm here with Mark, and we are getting ready to break down week three of college football. Uh, one of the things that we've actually been talking about and gotten some feedback from some of our listeners is that our podcasts have been long. And I think some of that is due to we've tried to cover a lot of games, almost all of the ranked teams uh, we've tried to cover. And uh, I don't know that everyone is always interested in all top 25 of the ranked teams. Um, and so this week, uh, what we did to try to help shorten it is we actually just have uh, five games that we want to highlight and take some time to preview. Uh, and then we have two additional games uh, that we're going to predict. Uh, but I think that'll help kind of cut things down in time. And uh, so hopefully this will be uh, a little bit shorter podcast for us. And hopefully we don't get to the end. And then I'm saying, oops, I said this was going to be shorter. I, I really do think it will be not nearly as much stuff to cover. Um, so we're going to go ahead and hop right in. Um, Cincinnati at Indiana, number eight, Cincinnati at Indiana. Uh, Mark, what are your thoughts on this one here? Yeah, this is an interesting matchup just because I don't know if we know the true identity of either team. Um, Cincinnati's opened up with Miami, Ohio, and Murray State, um, which they've done what they needed to do in both of those games, put up a lot of points, um, keep keep those teams at a distance, and, and just kind of execute their game plan. Whereas IU seems to be kind of going through some growing pains. We know they opened up um, with a really, really tough loss uh, against Iowa on the road, um, and then they did win last week so i think this is just gonna show us probably more about cincinnati because i do think that iu is a fairly legit football team i don't know if they'll find their way back up into the top 25 at some point in the season but i've got a feeling that that's very possible um and i think that iu is going to look pretty decent in some of their big 10 games moving forward um so especially as a notre dame fan i'm keeping my eye on this one to see what Cincinnati's about um iu's got a pretty decent defense um, and there, like I said, there's still some growing pains there, but I want to see what the Bearcats have to offer uh, in this matchup moving forward. Yeah, this one is definitely an intriguing one to me as well. Um, Cincinnati has not played anyone very difficult. Uh, Indiana really only has one tough opponent. And as you pointed out, they got smoked 34 to six in Iowa City in week one. Um, obviously they did handle their business and put up 50 plus, I think, um, against Idaho last week. Um, and so it'll be kind of interesting to see what the Hoosiers do. I mean, obviously that was a nice way to rebound from an embarrassing loss is just to take out like all of your frustration the next week on, on a lesser opponent. Um, but not everyone did that. You know, you look at some of the teams that either barely won in week one or suffered some tough losses. You know, look at like a Miami who some people, for whatever reason, thought maybe they had a chance to beat Alabama. Not only did they not beat Alabama, they didn't even compete in that game. And so you would think maybe they would have done something like that where they follow up with a beatdown of App State or at least more than a, you know, two, three point win on a late field goal against them. Um, so props to Indiana for at least like course correcting in a big way right away. Um, yeah, what's interesting. So Cincinnati's averaging 45 points a game. But again, we're talking about against, um, you know, what is it? Miami of Ohio and Akron. Murray State. Uh, and oh, Murray's Murray State. That's what I'm thinking of a uh, different different game here. Um, so, yeah, defensively, they're they're also only allowing just over 10 points a game. Um, but again, you kind of have to look at the talent 
disparity there. I think Indiana would be a better matchup for them. Um, so this game's got Cincinnati as a three and a half point favorite. Um, I got my pick here, uh, but who do you who do you have winning this? Um, and what do you think, maybe score wise? Um, so yeah, I don't think that this is too tough to pick as far as who I think is going to win. I'm I'm rolling with uh, the Bearcats. Um, on the road, what's the spread for this game right now? Uh, three and a half. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I not only do I think they cover, but I, I'll take them by ten. Okay. All right. Um. So I have Cincinnati uh, as well. I do have them covering. I feel like three and a half is not a ton. Um. You know. Uh, but uh, I will say this. I I have them covering. But I actually have this as probably less than a touchdown. Uh, I think if and if Indiana wants to hang around in this game and give themselves a chance, um, I think you're looking at maybe like a 27-23 or a 24-20 type of a type of a game here. Um, so I I'd have Cincinnati by about four, but because that does cover, I'll give them uh, to cover the spread. Um, at the same time, I will say if Indiana comes out and wins this, I'll be a little bit surprised, but I won't be super surprised, but I will say this too, though, if you're an Iowa fan, you really would like to see Indiana win this game, um, because that would really legitimize them as a very good football team, not necessarily, you know, a top program. I think it would certainly be enough to vault them back into the top 25, um, but yeah, if you're a Hawkeye fan, you're cheering big time for IU over Cincinnati because, um, you know, again, after the way you handled them, now granted you have the benefit of playing them at home on week one, but still looks good for your program if they could come out and beat the number eight team in the country. I don't think they will. I'll take Cincinnati to cover. Uh, our next game here, Michigan State at Miami. Um and this is one that I chose to put into our picks uh, and previews today, uh, primarily because I think this one is very interesting, the way that both these teams have started this season. So you look at Miami, and I guess I'll just kind of go first on this one, but you look at Miami, and uh, you know, obviously we've talked about it. Very embarrassing loss to Alabama in week one with a lot of talk and I'm all for confidence, right? Like I'm all for feeling like you can beat someone because if you don't think you can beat somebody, then you shouldn't be stepping out onto, onto the playing field. Um, but there was a lot of hype about all oh, Derek King is back and, you know, we're just going to be so much more dynamic and, you know, we'll at least be able to hang with Alabama. And they, they didn't at all. I mean, it was just never, ever, ever a game from the very start. And, you know, like I said a minute ago, you would expect then for them to at home against Appalachian State, who I we've talked about on here, they give teams trouble. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but if you're Miami, you have to come out and I, I mean I think you have to come out and win that by ten or more points. And instead, you know, you're a very late field goal uh from actually losing that game starting your season 0-2. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised to even see them ranked in the top 25, uh, and they barely are at 24. Um, on the other hand, Michigan State is a team that, um, as we consider, you know, who are they? We've kind of asked that question. 
Um, and Michigan State's averaging 40 points a game. Uh, now, last week, I don't know that they had the toughest opponent, but the first week they did have uh, Northwestern and handled their business against Northwestern. And then last week was, I think, Youngstown State. So, I, you know, I get those uh, variables there. But Northwestern is typically a pretty decent football team, um, and they took care of them pretty well. Uh, and defensively for the Spartans, uh, holding their opponents to – uh, an average, and we're talking a two-week average. So again, obviously, I get that too. But an average of 18 points a game. Uh, so anytime you are averaging twice as many points than you're allowing, uh, that is setting you up for success. So uh, before I make my pick on this one, I'll throw it to you uh, to kind of hear what you have to say on this particular game and and what you're feeling going into this matchup. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by the Michigan State Spartans this year, um, and I was kind of early to jump on and say that they could be you know a pretty solid football team this year after seeing how they played against Northwestern just because I think you know Big Ten matchups are hard no matter who you're playing in the Big Ten it's anytime you're you're in a conference game um, in a couple of those conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten they're just tough matchups I, and I kind of look at it the same way when we talk about the NFC North games it's not that the value of the opponent is necessarily that great it's just they always create tough matchups um, so for for me to see Michigan State win that game as decisively as they did, I find that impressive. And then in week two, you're right, they played Youngtown State. So it's not like you're you're really concerned about whether or not they're going to be tested here. But what you want to see is their ability to execute what they're supposed to set out and do, which is win the game by 30 points. Um, and when I'm looking at their box score here, I'm seeing them spread the ball around really well. They're they're throwing the ball for 323 yards in this game and running for 272. And you're going to question the defense, of course, but again, it's it's about execution. And sometimes you've got to look at the eye test. Um, and and in, you know when we talk about Notre Dame, it never seems like they come out in these games and perform this way. So. Um, I've been really intrigued by the Michigan State Spartans, and I feel like we kind of know about what we're going to get out of Miami, which I kind of feel like Miami and Notre Dame are on similar trajectories, which is I think that Notre Dame is going to struggle against really good football teams, which we've seen Miami absolutely get decimated by Alabama, um, and then also kind of struggle and not look good against lesser opponents. Um, So for this one, I know there's a really, really uh, interesting spread here, which is in favor of Miami by a touchdown at home. And they didn't even cover the spread against Appalachian State. I'm ready to take the Spartans in this in an upset. Yeah, I actually have the same thing. Um, I I have uh, Michigan State as well. Um, I just feel like, like what you said, the I asked there, um, is the biggest thing um, for me. So as I'm as I'm thinking about, you know, watching Miami now, it, this is going to be again another one of those big tests for Miami because it's like this this could be one of those kind of program turning wins. And I brought this up at the recap last week with Miami and App State of even though you would have liked to win that game by double digits, at the end of the day, you did still win the game. And sometimes just gutting out those hard performances can give you a little bit of a boost of like, okay, we got embarrassed by Alabama. We came out and we struggled here, but you know what? We got the win. We got kind of that first win of the season, monkey up our back. 
now we got to come out and play a tough opponent. Can we be the team that people think uh, that we're supposed to be? And so I would look for Miami to come out pretty fired up in this game. Um, but all that being said, I just feel like I test says Michigan State. Obviously, you're feeling the same way here. So, so far, we're in lockstep on the first two picks um, with both of us having Cincinnati to cover and Sparty in the upset. Uh, the third game, no Peacock necessary this week, thankfully. Uh, Purdue at Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame dropping um, in the rankings a, a couple spots, and I think more than fairly and, and rightfully so here. Um, interesting start to the season from Purdue. Uh, last week, um, you know, they – they played UConn, and uh, I had lunch with a buddy today, and he's a big Purdue fan, and he said UConn is probably like the worst school he's ever seen in Division One football. Um, and he watches a lot of football, <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I take a little bit of stock in that. But I, you know, I think uh, you look at what Purdue did to them. I think it was what sixty-two to nothing or something last week. So that does uh, skew their numbers a little bit because they are averaging forty a game. Um, and allowing only 10. Um, and so where I kind of praise Sparty for being at, you know, plus 40 and only 18 against, uh, you know, I think it's probably a little bit different with Purdue because of the level of opponent as well. But uh, I think the interesting thing for Purdue, so they lost their running back uh, last week. is going to be out for several weeks with a broken leg. Um, so you have a second string running back. Um, I think the offensive line is going to be probably their biggest concern. Like, can they keep their quarterback upright? Notre Dame's pass rush has actually been one of the more consistent parts of their defense. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of the back end of their defense that that gives you pause. Uh, you know, a lot of big plays through the air, seemingly more than on the ground. They've given up a couple runs and things, but for the most part, like, they're getting pressure, but if they're not getting to the quarterback and he has enough time to throw, um, you know, they've been hurt through the air by Florida State. And then they were really, in my opinion, embarrassed through the air by Toledo because of the, uh, you know, the supposed difference in talent there. You would say that they should have probably had a little bit better showing uh, against Toledo. And yet, that's another game where if Toledo doesn't score a touchdown to in that game and instead just sits on the ball, they're, they're probably kicking a field goal to win as time expires. Um, them scoring the touchdown was probably the best thing that could have happened for the Irish. But either way, um, yeah, and then I, I just think offensively, um, hopefully Notre Dame can kind of figure it out. I'll be, interesting, I'll be interested to see if... Um, what what they do with the quarterback situation. Do you just stick with Jack Cohn like you did in the Florida State game, or do you mix in um, Buckner again? Because, like I mentioned before, I wasn't a big fan of how they did that. I don't like the whole run them for certain types of plays thing. I know some schools do it. Um, I just don't particularly care for it. I feel like it makes you more predictable. Like if Cohn's in there, you're not doing an RPO. Um, you know, you're probably not going to do a quarterback uh designed run so you're going to step back in the pocket and pass he doesn't have a ton of escapability so it's like can can buckner just not throw that well and all he really can do is run like is he uh you know is he a tim tebow kind of style quarterback where it's like 
he can complete some passes, especially at the college level, but it's kind of a one read, you know, so you use him in those RPO type packages. I don't know. I mean, he had a nice throw for a touchdown in the Toledo game last week, but at the end of the day, um, I think Notre Dame's got to decide what they're doing at quarterback. And if they are going to try to give um, both guys snaps, in my opinion, you got to give a guy a series. You got to give him a chance to like get in rhythm. It's hard for any quarterback to just in one play and out the next and in one play and out the next like that. There's just no way to get in rhythm and quarterback is such a rhythm uh, position. And so um, I think it'll be interesting. Notre Dame, just a touchdown favorite in this one. And Purdue has um, over the years given Notre Dame problems, um, even when Purdue comes in unranked and Notre Dame's ranked. And that and those are times when Notre Dame's been playing decently. Um, so now you've got Notre Dame ranked 12th, Purdue coming in unranked, and Notre Dame hasn't been playing very well. Um, so I, I'm more than a little bit nervous about this game. I could easily say things not going well, but hopefully this will be, you know, like we talked about them being on a similar trajectory of Miami. Hopefully this is one where Notre Dame, it's like, okay, it's it's time to put up or shut up. You know, we're at home for the second week in a row. We have an opponent that we're favored to beat. Like, let's go out and get it done. Like, no more letdowns. No more of these big plays all over the field. Like, Notre Dame has so much brand recognition with it that it's like you, you are representing one of the most polarizing schools in the country. Like, you either hate or love Notre Dame. It's a big name. You're getting national televised games every single week. So go out there and do something. Like, go out there and... And like win the game. Don't just not lose the game. Like win the game. Go get it. Make it definitive. Like I would love to see Notre Dame actually win this by like 17. Um, I think that would be great. Uh, I don't see that happening. Um, but if I do see that happening, I'll feel a lot better about things kind of going forward. But yeah, it's now or never time for the Irish because of some of these games coming up with Wisconsin and Cincinnati and you know some of these others. Um, things aren't really going to get much easier for them. So this is a time to really figure out who you are. Uh, can you go out and make a statement win at home um, against an in-state rival? Yeah. So I am struggling with walking the fine line of overreaction reality with this current Notre Dame football team. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's so many things going wrong. Um, and so many question marks and even like even talking about it being a home game I feel like right now just holds almost no weight to it because we've seen an interesting crowd last week and I I don't know if that's just because um, fans were upset with the Peacock situation or if they're just not interested in watching Toledo play Um, but I mean you think about in 2019 they hosted Ball State. I mean, I know that's an in an in-state team, but you're telling me that Ball State was more of an intriguing matchup than the Toledo Rockets. I I just I don't know where our fans' mindset is right now. Um, I don't know if there's just some like revolting going on, or if there was just no interest in the game again. But you think about Purdue being another in-state rival, and it's a game that we we haven't played in a, in a few years, and like you said, we've struggled against. And despite, you know, again, UConn not being a great football team, Oregon State not being a great football team, Purdue starts out 2-0 and on the year, and they've played really well. 
Um, and, and Purdue's a little a, a team that I've paid a little bit of attention to because uh, a, a couple of years ago they had uh, Rondale Moore at wide receiver, who I think is probably one of the more pure talented wide receivers that I've seen um, that's not from one of your premier football schools. Um, and he actually had a pretty good NFL debut last week. And so there's been some QB questions with this team, and, and Jack Plummer seems to be a pretty decent quarterback in my opinion. Um, he's, he throws the ball really well, and we've seen Notre Dame's secondary get burnt by probably less talented quarterbacks, um, although you could probably question Mackenzie Milton. Um, but it, it's just, I don't know. I, I have so many worries about this game, and I feel like I shouldn't. I feel like we should expect our home team to come out and play well against their in-state rival, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're if we're battling at halftime or even if we're down. Um, and I know the spread is seven, and I'm just worried that I don't. I just I'm not confident that we can win this game by seven points. Um, so I'm gonna pick Notre Dame to win, but I honestly think that this game is the actual kickoff to this kind of tough stretch of games that Notre Dame has on their schedule moving forward. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go ahead and take them by seven, just because I I like I, I would expect that there's no way that for the third week in a row we're trying to win this game in, in the closing in the closing seconds of the fourth quarter. Um, so I'm going to take the Irish to cover, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is an opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually have, uh, I, I really, thinking about this game, uh, went back and forth on whether or not I was going to pick Purdue to win. Um, and... It, maybe it's the the Golden Dome or Homer in me that just can't bring myself to do that. I I know this is an in-state rival, but the rivalry's kind of been um, watered down, I guess you could say, um, as Notre Dame has uh, their requirements with the ACC now because the annual Michigan game is gone. The annual Michigan State game is gone. The annual Purdue game is gone. Yeah. Um, and so these teams don't play as often. Um, and when they have, even in the recent past, it hasn't had a lot of national implication. Uh, even this week, I don't know that it has a ton of national implication. So I'm going to take Notre Dame. Um, but again, I see this one as probably like a 24 to 20 type thing. I'm hoping maybe it's like a 24 to 13. And, you know, if it ends at 20, it's because you're giving up a garbage time touchdown sitting back playing you know keep it in front of you defense um and and keeping the clock running um then you recover an onside or you do whatever and then you just take a knee and end the game i if that is the case like i'd be okay with that if it's an 11 turned four type win um you know that's kind of what you saw from iowa last week um you know it was a 17 turn 10 uh in the last couple minutes but uh yeah, so I'm going to take the Irish, but I'm going to take them by fewer than seven. Until I see them beat somebody by more than seven, I don't know why I should think that they're going to beat Purdue by more than seven. So um, that's what that's I got. Fair. Yeah. Um, arguably the biggest game of the week, um, Alabama at Florida. Um, so... I'll start this one again here. So uh, I I jotted a few different notes down. So Alabama is a 14 and a half point favorite in this game on the road. Um, You know, the swamp, I know at least back in the day used to really be 
um, a tough venue to go get a win. But seemingly for Alabama, there's no such thing as a tough venue to go get a win anymore. Um, you know, they'll beat anybody anywhere, pro stadium, college stadium, home, road. It doesn't seem to matter. Not that they, I mean, obviously they have lost games, but it's, it's not due to the environment. It's just been due to the other team being better. Um, probably the last game you could maybe argue that they lost because of the environment was the loss to Johnny football and Texas A&M. And that's been forever ago. I mean, like that's legitimately how, how dominant they've been regardless of where they play. So, um, I was curious, you know, last time they would have beat somebody by fewer than, uh, 14 points. And it was more recently than I thought, but, um, you know, the team that has played them the closest in their in their last, you know, 15 games or whatever is Florida. Um, you know, this is a rematch of the SEC championship. Big, high-scoring game. 52-46, Alabama won that one by uh, basically a touchdown. Um, but very different teams coming into this. I mean, an entirely new offense basically for Alabama. Um, they can't seem to figure out what they want to do exactly at quarterback in Florida. I mean, maybe that is, maybe that is the decision is to try to keep it up in the airs to make it harder to game plan for them. Like, I'm not sure. It seems to be that Emory Jones is more of your passing quarterback. He has significantly more attempts than Anthony Richardson. Um, he's completed 63% of his passes, but only for five yards. Um, I just don't know that that's the type of thing that's going to help you beat Alabama is check down plays and little slants and crossing route. Like, I mean, maybe it is, maybe you, maybe that's exactly how you have to beat them. You just dink and dunk down the field and hope that you can get there. But if you're not making some attempts to stretch the field, I I just don't see with their speed, how you're going to do much there. Um, the other thing that's concerning for Emory Jones, two touchdown passes, he does have one or two rushes, but two touchdown passes, four interceptions. Um, and the reason that's a big red flag to me is they've not really played, you know, the super high caliber opponents in their first two weeks. Um, and so to have a one to two touchdown to interception ratio this early in the season, um, that's a little bit alarming. Now, uh, Anthony Richardson, um, averaging 17 and a half yards, uh, per completion. So more of their big play guy, we saw him have probably pad those numbers a little bit last week with, I think he had like a 70 yard touchdown and a 40 yard touchdown. Uh, those obviously help. Uh, he's only thrown though for 192 yards in two weeks. And so obviously he's their guy that is more to do the RPO and more to like run the football. Um, he does have two touchdown passes, no interceptions, 54% completion. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be enough to get it done against Alabama. Um, you know, the the one thing that maybe will be helpful is there's supposed to be kind of some rough weather, some thunderstorms uh, in in Gainesville. So maybe maybe the weather conditions, you know, you get slippery ball, you get a fumble, maybe you can get some breaks that way. but. That's a lot to bank on the weather being your 12th man. So um, unless the Florida fans can just really bring it and Florida, I think is going to have to play near mistake free football, probably not near. They probably are going to have to play mistake free football, like no turning the ball over, 
minimal three and outs. Um, you, you're going to need to give yourselves as many opportunities as you can. And I think you're going to have to play ball control football. Like you can't give Alabama um, time. I mean, they've already put up almost 100 points this season uh, in two games. So you can't get into a track meet with them. If, if you allow Bama to score 52 like you did in the SEC championship, um, I think you're losing this game by 30. Uh, I don't think you're losing it by six. So um, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Um, you know, I just think Alabama's already shown that they're very dominant offensively. Um, obviously, I think this will be the best defense they've played. But, um, yeah, I think Alabama, uh, I don't see them having too much problem in this game. This is an interesting matchup to me just because we have no real idea what Florida is. And I don't necessarily think that they're the type of opponent that's going to um, concern Alabama, especially playing them on the road. But I will, I, I do think that you're, you're under, um, you're underrating what it's like to play in the swamp. I think they've got a great crowd of people that are going to show up for this game. It's a big sec matchup. Um, and, and, Alabama's got to be careful because while I think they're probably right now the best team in college football, they actually have a fairly tough schedule this year. Um, when I'm looking at it right now, uh, they've got, with including Miami, as long as they hold on to the top 25, which necessarily doesn't matter because they were ranked when they played them, that'll be six games against ranked opponents this year for the for the Crimson Tide. Um, they've, they were going to have to play Ole Miss, A&M, Arkansas, and Auburn, and then obviously Florida this week. So if anybody has the opportunity to kind of be looking ahead, it's going to be Alabama in this one, even though I think they're they're the best coach team. Um, I think they've just got to be careful in an SEC matchup because they are still young and they are still kind of new and they haven't even been remotely tested. I honestly think that Florida can test them in this game. Um, so I'm going to take Alabama to win, but I don't like the 14 and a half spread. I think that uh, it'll be probably 10. Okay. So Bama and not, not covering. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've obviously, I, I got to take the Crimson Tide until, you, you know, until you see a reason not to, I think you have to, there's a reason they're the consensus number one. Um, I'll take the Tide and I, I see this actually as being a 17 to 20 point game for Alabama. So I'll take them to cover the 14 and a half. Uh, Auburn and Penn State, another um, one of our th- of our three uh, matchups this week that are against um, or where excuse me where both teams are ranked. Uh, so you got number twenty two Auburn at number ten Penn State. Penn State a five and a half point favorite in this one. What are your thoughts going into this game? Yeah, I think this is probably another one of those where you're looking more to Auburn to see what what they're really about. Um, Penn State opened up the season with a with a tough game at Camp Randall, and they won that game ten to six, I believe, was the final score. Um, and I happen to think that right now, Penn State is probably my favorite to win the Big Ten East, um, mostly because I don't know for sure what Michigan is, and I don't think that Ohio State is going to be playing in the Big Ten championship this year. Um, so I would like to see Penn State kind of come out in this game um, and just take control early. The point spread is only five um, for being a home game in Happy Valley. We know how tough it is to play there. Notre Dame's played a lot of tough games there, and they seemingly have like a whiteout every single game. I mean, that they, they go all out for every home game there. Um, Auburn, 
they've scored 122 points to open up the season. Um, one against uh, Akron. Yeah, that's that's the team that yep. opened up with Akron and their second game against Alabama State. So they've played absolutely nobody um, and only have allowed 10 points. But I, I just don't know that that's a good enough. Um, I don't know if that's a, enough momentum to propel them into winning at Happy Valley. And I think Penn State's a pretty legit football team. So um, I don't have a whole lot to say about this one because we we don't have a ton of notes on either. Um, but being the premier game of the week in Happy Valley, uh, I'm going to take the the Nittany Lions to cover. All right, yeah. So I'm I'm kind of with you here, and we have a lot of similar picks. Um, in fact, I think we just have one different pick in terms of the the spread here. But um, yeah, Penn State at home, I, I I like them in a home game here. So. The one thing I like about Penn State, they're averaging 30 points a game now. Granted, um, again, Ball State last week, that pads those numbers a little bit, and we're only looking at a two-week sample. So you're talking 44 points one week, 16 another. Um, But the 16 on the road, as you mentioned, in a hard-fought game, um, in an environment in Camp Randall that's no cakewalk either, um, and made some big stops down the stretch. And that's the other thing I look at with with – Penn State is averaging just 12 points allowed uh, per game as well. Um, and so I, I think those are things that are worth, you know, weighing a little bit there. As you mentioned, Auburn uh, only allowed 10 points all season, but to, you know, FCS schools and and non-Power 5 FBS schools. So I don't know that sometimes those things can be nice because you typically stay healthy, you know, like you're not usually getting injured. You can go out and usually rest starters in the second half and you can rest up for a game like this. But the only problem is that doesn't always really prepare you. You know, neither Akron nor Alabama state is going to prepare you for the environment of happy Valley. In fact, both those teams, or excuse me, both of those games were home games for Auburn. So this is their first road game of the season. Um, as you mentioned, a tough environment, um, Penn State, no slouch at home. Um, you know, that's why I mentioned last week uh, with the recap with Iowa, one of the reasons I feel like Iowa does have a chance in that game is because it's in Iowa City, whereas if it was in um, Happy Valley, I would be a lot more concerned about that game because um, it's it's tough. It's tough to go to Penn State and win. So um, I have the Nittany Lions here. Um, I have them covering, um, uh, you said you took them or are you taking them to cover the five and a half? Yeah, for sure. Okay. That's what I thought, but I just, you know, want to be, want to be official here. Um, all right. So those are our five games that we're going to review. We have two additional ones that we're going to pick. Um, basically just because they do involve, um, some ranked teams and some teams that we're keeping our eye on. So, uh, the first one here, I'll go first. Um, Arizona State at BYU. Um, I'm not making the same mistake that I did last time. I kind of wanted to pick BYU last time just because of my buddy Sean, and I should have. That would have been a good enough reason because they beat uh, Utah. Uh, I'm going to take BYU and the upset here. Um, Arizona State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I, I just BYU, I've mentioned it before, they like to put up a lot of points. Um, and so I think this may be a high scoring game. This might be a 30, 35 kind of point game or so. Um, and I'll take the Cougars in that one. Yeah. I'm on the same path as you here with this one and my train of thoughts. 
Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to pick BYU against Utah, but didn't just because I kind of favored Utah being the ranked opponent there. Uh, but BYU's opened the season with a couple of tough matchups. Honestly, I know Arizona isn't necessarily a great football school, but it's good to get a win there. And Utah being a ranked opponent, that's a good win. Um, Arizona's taking care of business in both of their opening matchups, one against Southern Utah and the other against UNLV. Um, but I, I see Vegas has this as a uh, as an upset win for BYU. And I know based on rankings, it would be an upset win. But I think BYU is the better football team and I'll take them to cover. Yeah, well, and that, it would be an upset even for this. Yeah, they wouldn't have to cover because Arizona State is the the favorite team here. But um, that that throws us out to our last game, and I'm gonna let I'm gonna kick this one to you first because uh, this is a team you have been advocating for. Uh, the UCLA Bruins uh, they're hosting Fresno State. Part of the reason we're p- picking this one uh, is the implication of we saw Oregon obviously play Fresno State. I think beat them by what seven or ten. Um, yeah. UCLA is an 11 point favorite in this game. Um, how how do you see this one going with the Bulldogs and the Bruins? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about Oregon a little bit here and there. Obviously, they had the big upset over Ohio State, but um, I think that there's a possibility that at the end of the season, that win against Ohio State on the road will be overvalued, um, just because I, I'm just not sold on the Buckeyes hanging around the top 10 this season, uh, maybe like 11th or 12th, but I, I, I could see them even being, you know, somewhere around the 15th uh, mark. So I happen to think that right now UCLA is the best football team in the Pac-12. Um, and they've got a couple of really convincing wins to prove it. Uh, obviously, they opened up with Hawaii, which isn't necessarily a tough matchup. And LSU, who knows what they're going to be this year. Um, but again, this is about eye test for me. And what I really like is they have a uniquely talented quarterback in Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, and I, I'm not sure where, where he's at. I'm not, I don't know if he's okay. So he is a senior, but I'm not sure what kind of experience level he has coming into the season. Um, but I also know that they've got a pretty, uh, talented pair of running backs there with, uh, the Michigan transfer Zach Charbonnet. Um, so, I honestly think that right now UCLA is my favorite to win the Pac-12 um, because we've seen UCLA, uh, we've seen USC stumble, we've seen Stanford be questionable, um, and even though Oregon starts out two and zero, also I just don't know how much value I'm going to hold for them beating Ohio State at the end of the year and coming into a matchup against UCLA. Uh, and this is probably more of an in-depth review of this game than you wanted, but uh, I'm impressed by the UCLA Bruins so far, and I'm going to take them to uh, win this game and definitely cover. Yeah, I've got UCLA covering this one as well. Um, I have not watched, I don't know that I've really watched any of their first two games. I've looked at box scores and and things like that. I've seen highlights, but that's been about it. Um I I think uh you know Fresno State it just kind of depends on the matchup. They're one of those tricky um one of those tricky teams to predict. And so um you know at the end of the day uh I like UCLA. I like them by I'd say maybe 13 in this game. Um and so since that puts me uh past the 11, I'll take them to cover. Um all right. So um Last week you had gone four and five. I went five and four. Thankfully, we're only picking seven games this time around, so uh, a little bit easier. A lot of the same picks. So just to kind of recap for our listeners, we both have Cincinnati 
covering the three and a half point spread over Indiana. Uh, we both have uh, Michigan State upsetting Miami, who's a six point favorite in Miami. Um, you have Notre Dame covering the seven point spread. I have Notre Dame in a in a win, but not covering that spread. Um, we kind of swap those positions on Alabama. You have Alabama to win, but by fewer than the 14 and a half, I have Alabama um, by closer to 20. Um, Penn State, we both have them winning at home, covering the five and a half point spread against Auburn. We both have BYU um, winning in a, you know, quote unquote upset uh, home against Arizona State. Uh, as three and a half point underdogs. And then uh, we both have UCLA covering the 11 point spread at home against Fresno State. So as we promised, um, definitely shorter this time around. Um, the recaps might take a little bit longer, but I think the preview, uh, we tried to do just that for you, kind of the 30,000 foot flyover. Uh, we would love your feedback on this. So uh, we'll throw these picks into our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast 2021. Um, we may even try to get them onto our Twitter account, which is at TD Podcast 2021. You can email us with comments, questions, thoughts, ways to make the broadcast better. Um, that is TD Podcast 21 at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll respond to you right away. You can also message us through our Facebook page, whatever is the easiest way for you. Um, but we do appreciate uh, some of the likes and follows we've been getting. Please share our page. Um, you know, we say we're the best. Sports takes on the internet. We know that we're, you know, probably stretching the truth a little bit there, but we do appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if you can give us a like and a share, that definitely means a lot to us and helps us out. We'll look forward to recapping these here with you in a few days. Have a great weekend enjoying college football and stay tuned here in another day or so, and we'll get our NFL picks out for you. Have a great day.